What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. I'm going to turn down that volume real quick. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. How are you today? What's the worst question? Are you ready for Christmas? What does that even mean? Are you ready for Christmas? I mean, can you use it for anything else? Are you ready for are you ready for the hurricane? Are you ready for the apocalypse? I mean, there's our, I guess there's some people that would answer yes because they got about a million cans of food and 50 weapons and thousands of rounds of ammunition. That's kind of dark. But are you ready for Christmas? And then some people say, well, it's coming no matter what, right? Does it even matter if you're ready? I mean, you could get all your gifts and stuff like that. You just... Are you ready? Are you ready to have a good holiday? I guess that's more. Are you ready to have a good holiday? Are you prepared to be happy? I think that's probably more appropriate. Are you looking forward to it? I think we are. My family is. I did mention on the previous uh, episode yesterday's that we were. We went to the Fairchild Botanical Garden, and it, it's it's huge. If you, and like I had brought in the, yesterday's, sometimes I can't get my head around why can't we have more public parks and things like that? Because there's a vested interest, maybe that there. You know, a park takes up space and it's in the, it's for the public. I mean, a botanical park in Miami, Cutler Ridge, that was the thing I could not remember yesterday, the name of the section. I don't, I think Cutler Ridge is a separate municipality. If I'm not correct, I may get the Miami people explaining it to me. But what happened is Miami, like L.A., is a hodgepodge of municipalities. There's South Beach, Miami Beach, Miami, Coral Gables, and all all these other, uh, Cutler Ridge, and uh, Hylia, and they're all in the, you know, they're all in the county. I, it's so different for me because I come from a place, Philadelphia, and Philadelphia was its own county. And all of Philadelphia County incorporated all of Philadelphia municipality. 
Well, you're here. It's a little different. Miami Dade is, you know, there's Dade City. I think I think there's a Dade City and things like that. But back to the public parks. How important is it? In the Florida Keys, we have limited land areas, right? And well, everyone has limited areas. There's an end to the amount of land there is, but they're considering the amount of development that we we don't uh one thing you you know from listening to the show that we don't have a lot of public access beaches here first we don't have a lot of sandy beaches it's a lot of coral and things like that it would be hard to set up a beach because there's not a propensity for sandy beaches here we have some Brero Beach. There's a beach in Founders Park. Uh, we have Rouse Marina in Key Largo. It's a couple acres. It's a, it's an old marina that the county bought, and they're turning into a public park. But if you live here in Key Largo, there's very few places where you, if you're not on the water, there's very few places to go there. And I'm not bitching about it. There's, that's just the way it is. There is a state park. There's John Pennekamp up here. And then you have Bahia Honda and things like that. And what, what's the proper mix? What's the proper mix for the you know public-private? And how much can a county absorb in revenue just by, you know, turning it over. I think when you when you take over real estate and turn a public park, it's depending on the quality of the park and how it's taken care of, that means a lot and how it contributes to the commonwealth, the common good. So, you know, people go there to, to have their picnics and take their dog, just hang out, ride their bikes there. It's just nice to have. It is it and in a place that doesn't have a big center, like a town center, a town square, it's a place where people can congregate and do those things that communities do. Like on New Year's Eve they'll have they should have, I don't know I don't know that they should have a fireworks display on the bay side. Usually a couple businesses get together and they, they put the funds together to have a fireworks display. But it is it is an endeavor. And it's easy to think that, you know, land where I am right now, I could take a picture of where my house is and there's a house across the street and it sits on... The property sits on about three lots, zoned lots. It's treated as one property, but I think they're going to sell the lots and develop them. And there's mangrove trees, meaning far, uh, uh, well, stands of trees where they get permits. I think they got to pay a certain amount of money to cut down the trees. And people do this a lot. Sometimes they do this uh, where they used to do things that were restricted and pay the fines because the rewards were so great. 
and say, hey, listen, I can pay a couple thousand dollars. I can do this. There were development that occurred back in mid-century, mid-20th century, where people were cutting canals left and right without talking to the Army Corps of Engineers. The Army Corps of Engineers and the county were some of the authorities that had to be to approve this development. And there was one uh, group of people that were, they did the cut in the island. I don't know if the cut, Adam's cut, was approved by the Army Corps of Engineers because it actually is an artificial inlet. And it it changed the ecosystem, I don't know, for better or for good. But the island of Key Largo was pretty continuous or the key of Kilo. It's an island. And they cut straight through it, straight through the coral. And if you ever get the opportunity to stop here in the Keys, you could go on the overseas highway, park, there's the Ping Plaza nearby, walk over to the cut, and you can look down and you can see about closest to the highway, about, and during low tide, about 15 to 20 feet of coral cut straight across and it's kind of a microcosm of the the development of the keys and coral is just the skeletons of those things and the same guys that did that were ones that did canals up in North Key Largo and eventually I don't know if it was the 70s or not judges got kind of or judges or people that issue the issuing authority or the the uh, the authority that would issue fines got the idea and said, listen, we're going to issue fines and then make you clean up after that. Clean up and replace if you cut if you cut a canal without approval or oversight, you're not only going to get a healthy fine, you're you're also going to have to fill it in. Today, we're dealing with a lot of this unrestricted development because canals, if they're properly or improperly constructed, they contribute to pollution by having dead plant matter in it. And it, um, the water that issues from the canal is, is polluted from that. The, the natural flow of the buildup of dead material in the bottom of the canal is actually... Uh, creates that and you say hey Jim that happens all over mangroves yeah but what happens you have free flowing water in the mangroves not so much in canals that don't have back end flows some of them have back end flows some of them have air curtains they put bubbles and stuff like that but that's enough enough foolishness I spend a little time today I always spend so much time on social media I do because of the podcast, I will promote the podcast, trying to get listeners and telling people uh, this is available. And I, I realize that the quality isn't always what people expect it to be, but it's something I do. And I've done it for, what is it, 500 and upwards of 550 episodes coming up. So going around, tying together these 
social media accounts. Every so often, especially on my Twitter, or no, especially on my Instagram account, which I don't even know if it's worth it because I don't even know why I do the Instagram account for the Keys Bartender. I always get those phishing uh, attempts. Those phishing, I call them phishing. P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. That's called phishing. We got people contacting you saying hello. And when someone contacts my social media account, especially Instagram, I'm, I used to, in the beginning, I assumed that they were listeners because the account says Keys Bartender. And the main profile picture on it says Keys Bartender, a podcast. So it's pretty explanatory. And so when a and another account, and I have to say account, because you can't guarantee that the picture that's shown there is the person. They don't know that's, well, I mean, they can assume that's the podcast. And it re- represents a podcast. Because it's not the, I'm not pretending to be someone famous or someone particularly attractive. Why well, I, I am told that. But I'm not pretending. And if I get contacted, originally I used to assume that they were contacting the podcast for interest in the podcast, saying, hello, how are you? I'm a listener. Thank you. But that doesn't happen on Instagram. What I do get is, hello, I'm Lai Ping from Malaysia. I have a cosmetic company. I'm very successful. Do you want to contact me on WhatsApp? It's almost as if, after all these things, these young women that are accounts that betray young women is probably more accurate that they're auditioning for 90 Day Fiancé. Hey, listen. Let me tell you something. If you really think that I'm handsome and dynamic, do you think I have to contact someone in another country to meet them and have a relationship? I mean, it's kind of an, it's kind of insulting. They're saying, well, you'll you'll definitely take this surrogate relationship from this sketchy profile when I am not uh, obviously a spring chicken. I do look, I, I kid myself sometimes that I look years younger. But if you are this beautiful Asian person, Asian woman, I think you probably have tons of opportunity in your own country. I think you do. I don't think you need to go fishing outside it. And what I, I, what I envision is when I get contacted, is I think this is what happens. Is that accounts, someone... Lai Ping from <coughs> Malaysia. That may not, that's not a name. I just got contacted by Rachel Duvalier from France. And Rachel, Rachel. Uh, 
Rochelle de Valier from France. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it's not a real person. Because she purportedly is a student in the culinary arts in France. And every time I get contacted, I go and say, are you a listener to the podcast? Because this is a profile for a podcast. I don't have a problem contacting people. Oh, I'm looking for friends. I say, okay, I'll get, say hello. Oh, do you like French cooking? Yeah, I like French cooking. Blah, 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 blah. And she keeps on coming back with the compliments. And I go, oh, thank you very much. And that's it. I don't come back with the other compliment. Because I don't know who the person I'm talking to. I do not. Now, they can probably be fat, assured that I am. If, if someone was going to betray themselves on Instagram or Facebook, I was not going to do a phony account of a 58-year-old man who's a bartender and a spin instructor and has a small podcast. Or burgeoning podcast. More accurate. But what I envision is that they go on, they put on some pictures onto their account. It's a relatively new account. You can tell by the amount of followers they have. They try to make it seem fun. I guess there's different styles to accounts. Some of the accounts are very provocative. The pictures are provocative. They're very, some are revealing and and I guess they're they're fishing for different types of uh, they're fishing with different types of bait so the more provocative ones are looking for people that are very let's say more desperate to seek out a relationship and then there's other ones where they're kind of friendly and they have pictures of them and that's the ones I respond to the most because it's if they're just smiling and there's a picture and there's nothing revealing, it's a possibility that there could be a listener. And like likely, I just don't want to be that one person to piss off that one person in Bordeaux who was listening to the podcast. And, you know, it would be such a joy if I got contacted by a real person on social media. I do have people that contact the email address, jim at keysbartender.com. And I guess if they see the keys bartender thing, they can look at it and say, oh, this must be, you know, if you're a foreigner, because the keys may be something, mean something different. In the United States, when they say keys bartender, I think most of the people would say, oh, they must be in the Florida Keys. So attributed, attributed, certain qualities to the name so this person now my idea from a fishing farm standpoint they go on Instagram and attractive they friend a bunch of people in a certain demographic lonely men and they'll hit hello 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 how are you how are you how and they'll wait for a response and they'll manage the responses because they sent out, let's say, they'll try to, there's probably a certain amount they can do at one time, meaning handle responses at one time. So what they'll do is they'll set up a bunch of windows on their 
laptop and say, well, I got this person responded, this person responded, this person. And they start doing the filtering process. Who are you? What are you? What are you? They'll first, they'll see if that person's lying about their age and they're desperate. And they're, you know, someone say, hey, I'm looking for a relationship. What kind of relationship? It's, they are 6,000 miles away. 6,000 miles away. Or 4,000 miles, depending on where you're situated. What type of relationship are you looking for? Now, obviously, if you're just looking for something on the internet, presto, you've got a relationship. It could be a phony relationship, but you can pretend it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. This is my girlfriend. I had a friend of mine, uh, an acquaintance, let's say, come in. He was in his late, he's in his late 70s, a retired fireman, and he came up and said, listen, uh, are you still doing weddings? And I'm like, oh, are you engaged? And he goes, I think so. And I said, you think so? He says, well, they don't live here. And he shows me a picture. It's a beautiful, you know, 40 years younger, 45 years younger Colombian woman. And I go, do you, and he goes, what do you think? And I said, oh, she's very pretty. And he says, do you think, and I said, the next question I asked you, do you think, I think she's real? She could be real. Do I think that she contacted you and looking, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That's that 90 day fiance thing. I've seen it before where they're so desperate to get out of their country. And then when they meet the, the fish, when they meet the fish, when they get the money, start getting money, they start asking for more money. Some people never come over. They always ask for more money. Some people do come over and then they realize the person that comes over, yeah, I'm poor in, I'm poor in Thailand and I come over to visit and then they look around and go, yeah, it's a lot nicer here, at least standard living way, wise where I am. But then they look at the person that they're going to be spending time with and just think, I don't know if I'm willing to trade my life of impoverished squalor for a life with you. And that's... And you know, that's briefly what 90 Day Fiance is. Sometimes they do fall in love. Sometimes they say, this is it. But I've seen so many people get married. It used to be called a mail-over bride. Now it's a social media bride. You know? I mean, it wasn't only before all these social media companies. They used to have these meet and greets in Russia, Ukraine, Eastern Europe, Thailand. Just different places where you can say, hey, listen, what we'll do is we'll get a bunch of young women. We'll bring some uh, Americans of comfortable means over. And let's get them together. So they're on their accounts. Nowadays, they just manage them. And every so often, all they have to do is get one person a week to send them $100, $200. And they're set. It's not that much. If you get someone to send $50 and you're in a a mill in Khartoum, Sudan, 
a mill. When I'm saying a mill, meaning that they're, they just have internet and they're just contacting people and maintaining accounts. And it may not even be the same person. There could be a couple people working off the same account. I find it interesting. I find it interesting and I'm thinking, oh, is it a real person? Are they just having a conversation? Or are they just like this Rochelle Devalier? They could be real. And they're just going out and saying, I just want to make friends with someone over there. I just want to talk to them. But the thing that gets me is when they talk, start talking about looks right away. And I came back, I came back with, how old are you? I am 58 years old. And then she was speaking, well, sent me a text in French, and which I understand French somewhat. And he either said, I'm very old. And you look it. Or they said, oh, for your age, you have a magnificent physique and fa face. Either one. I don't want to know the translation because either, either one I'm very happy with uh, the response either way. I first one I find funny is, oh, well, you're very old. I can tell by your physique and your face. Actually, I do have a physique of a younger man, which is good. But that's for me and my wife. I'm ready to move on. So... Today, <clears throat> another day off, I get up, have some coffee with the wife, and then I head to the gym. And the gym is in the place I have my part-time job, which is at the gym. Jim works at the gym as a spin instructor. But it was a day I did not have a class. This was my, my day. I do about, I work out on about 16 to 19 different machines try to work out the body, strengthen the core. That's the, that is my center of it. I, I, I work, I work inside out, meaning from the core to the muscles as they go out to the arms, the wrist, the ankles, the legs. And recently I pondered a change. I don't know if it's since COVID or not. Or it could be just from not drinking or anything. It's, we we not only do our bodies change, but actually our thinking and the way our demeanor changes as we get older. It becomes an effort. I think the more you have, more responsibilities have, and more uh, cares that you start think carrying that with you and not processing things the same way. So I go to the gym, and there's always a, you know how it is, if, you, if you're a gym regular. You go, you have your routines. I work out by myself. And for some reason, I got this whole, like, I do the same, 90% of my exercises are always the same. And then recently, this really nice older gentleman came in. And he's been here before. I remember recognizing him. But he always sit on the sit-up bench with and get these rubber bands with handles on it and do his exercise on the sit-up bench. About 
10 different exercises on the sit-up bench. But the only thing he did not do on the sit-up bench was work on his abs. He did not do sit-ups. He did all upper body, all these things. And I'm like, why are you doing this on the sit-up bench? And the reason is he'd come in at timing-wise, right when I was wrapping up my exercise, right when I do my 140 to 200 sit-ups. I'm not doing that. That's not a humble brag. That's just anybody can end up doing that if you have, you know, if, if you work up to it. If originally I would do like 20 to 40 and then I do about, right now I do about 160 to 200 and I do some back exercises on another machine. That's just my core thing. And this guy would come in and he'd sit there for 30 minutes and if I wasn't careful and I didn't pay attention to him coming in, I wouldn't get my sit-ups in because he sits there for a half hour with his rubber bands and doing that. And I would get pissed off and go, why are you using this machine? You could do these rubber bands. Uh, so many older people that live here, especially the ones who go to the gym, they have, they're very comfortably. They live very comfortably financially. And this guy does too. I said, why can't you have those rubber bands, which cost you, would cost you $40 and do that from home? on your doorknobs and all that stuff, the exercises that you're doing on your chair, your 10, whatever amount of risk resistance your rubber bands do. Why can't you just do that at home? Why do you tie up the sit-up bench? And then I let this harbor, this resentment harbor and harbor. Every time he come in, I say, oh, I better go and do my sit-up. So I see him come in, he warms up and stuff. I need about five minutes, five minutes of that bench. And then I thought about it. I said, why am I doing this to this poor guy? That's, a, that's a maybe the highlight of his day, coming in, sitting there, working out with the rubber bands and stuff like that. And I'm lifting weights and, you know, doing, you know, heavy dumbbells and barbells and all those things and cable machines. And I'm keeping an eye on this. And I'm thinking, I'm just letting this get to me. When I don't have to, because there's other things I could be doing. And this poor guy, I was harboring resentment. So I'm thinking, I should take it as an opportunity to change up my workout. And that's how I changed the resentment from him into a thing. I say, thank you. Whenever anybody ties up a machine, I go and say, well, I got to learn a new machine then. What's available? What does that machine do? What can I do on it? There's a whole thing on the internet for people using um, gym equipment incorrectly. They use it backwards. They use it dangerously. Oh, there's a assault runner. It's called. I think it's called assault runner. And what it uses is your your um, foot speed builds up the treadmill. The treadmill is is powered by a gyro meaning the more power you put into it the faster it goes and you have to and I mentioned it on previous episodes I really and my wife Abby told me try this sometimes but listen if you need to slow down what you do is you lean back you lean back and stop because every time you lean forward it goes you have to go faster and faster and it gets crazy and you could just I mean if you fell on this and you're running your you know, 15 miles an hour, which 
I haven't done that in a while. I got to see how fast I can run again first. Say, I don't know if I could do 15 or 16. Pretty good for a 58-year-old man. I just got to get up there and see what it is. I was never really... I was born with these knock knees, and I was never really a powerful runner. I knew that. And I, I, I knew it when I was younger. I knew if I kept on trying to do it that I was going to destroy my knees. So I do other things that are lighter, like... But every so often, I like to get on a treadmill and see what I can do. Yeah, you know, see how long I can run for 13 miles an hour. A good run. A good, not a fast run, but it's, you know, it's steady. I used to tell the younger guys I work with every so often, I said, you may be a little faster than me, but uh, how about, you know, and this is little, little, little guys. I say, listen, how about this? We do a race. And I know, I'm, I can tell how far they went. I will, I will come after you, but it'll be straight away. And if I catch you, I get to do whatever I want. But if you get away, I'll give you 50 bucks. And he said, I won't do anything creepy or something like that. I'll just beat the crap out of you. I would never beat the crap out of him. That's just for the case of the, the the humble brag once again it's like I'm not going to catch you over a hundred meters but give me a quarter mile you know like the, the Native Americans chasing a horse down that humans have humans have an endurance that a lot of the animal kingdom lacks surprising but I, I was thinking about that guy and I was thinking, why, when do I build up these resentments about someone parking in a space, parking badly, doing a, a crooked parking space? And think, it's not for me to be the person that dispenses justice for these minor offenses. <clears throat> Obviously, if something serious goes along, you got to, you got to step in there. Right, as a decent human being, you you're not just going to let injustice prevail. But someone tying up a a sit up bench, someone with twelve items in the ten items or less, or twenty items. Hey, if the supermarket's okay with that, who am I? You know, I went two items. I go to ten items or less. I can always walk over to the the main counter out front. I just realized that e- eating those resentments or swallowing them, they're just a waste of energy for me. And I'm going to endeavor, especially during the holidays, to be a little more understanding. Uh, the, at the place I work, we're going to be reinstituting a mask policy. <clears throat> I I don't see that it's going to be, you know, keep us from getting sick, but it's that it's a work policy. Everyone's got to wear them. So that's what I'm going to do. I hope everyone's healthy right now. And I'd like to thank you for the extra downloads. I do, I say this every time for the new year. I want to have before the end of the new year, 100,000 downloads. I'm not even close to that right now. 100,000 additional downloads. I'm not even close to that. 
But I have faith. I'm open to the universe right now. I'm open to success. You know, just about a month and a half ago, I got listed on uh, this. Oh, I forgot the name of the site already. But I was number four in the top 20 bartending podcasts. And I do appreciate that. People say, Jim, sometimes you don't even talk about bartending on Well, you know what? We're one of the most diverse topic occupations. We talk sports, movies, personal relationships, self-help. So it really doesn't matter whether we talk about bartending or not. I'm a Keys bartender. I work as a bartender and the show's going to stay Keys bartender where we're at it. And I'm a bartender that doesn't drink. Because being a bartender is not necessarily about drinking. You can drink. It could be a bartender who happens to drink or a bartender that happens not to drink. But for now, I'm hoping that all of you have, whatever way you celebrate this holiday or don't celebrate this holiday, I do hope you have a great uh, end of the year. So for now, I'm going to sign off. I'm going to use the music this time. I forgot the last time to put the music on, but I appreciate you for pointing that out to me, listeners. Thank you very much, and until next time, bye. The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And now an update on what some analysts and reporters are calling the Great Resignation and the upside of it all. As many as 44% of workers are leaving their 9-to-5s behind and looking for life hacks to make up the difference in income as they pursue other jobs. And as that number grows, so have downloads of an app called Upside. It's a free app for cash back on gas, groceries, and at restaurants. Can an app like Upside really make a difference? You bet. With Upside, users can earn an average of $96 a year. And it works at all the big gas brands like Shell, BP, Valero, Phillips 66, Circle K, etc. And at favorite local grocers and restaurants. Everyone's got to drive and eat, right? If you want to get in on this life hack, we have a promo code for you. Head to the App Store or Google Play and download Upside. Enter code HACK to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use code HACK.